swimmers and welcome to Torpedo Swim Talk. I'm your host, Danielle Sperling, and my guest today is FINA Top 10 alumni and nine-time winner of the famous lawn peer-to-pub swim, Tim Boness. Hi, Tim, and thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Um, where are you coming from today? Where are you talking to us from? Um, actually, in my office, uh, Bonus Accounting and Tax, we're a local Geelong tax agent and we do a lot of uh, accounting and tax for Geelong-based clients. Oh, fantastic. So that's that's down on the surf coast, isn't it, in Victoria? Well, we're, we're, we're in Geelong and, uh, yeah, we, we've got a client base in Geelong all the way down through Torquay, Anglesey, Lawn, Apollo Bay and beyond. Oh, fantastic. Um, great that you mentioned Vaughan because I was going to start with that. Um, I, I hope most of our listeners know that that's Vaughan uh, is the site of one of the biggest participant ocean races in the world, the Peter Pub. Um, you've won it nine times and you've raced it 35 times. What what makes you keep going back to race it? Uh, well, it's, a, it's just a great passion of mine. I, I started uh, back in the early 80s. In, in, in the first couple of swims, we, we did a normal surf life-saving carnival. So we, we'd do a surf race, we'd do a belt race. And then at the end of the day, we'd run around to the pier, jump off the pier and swim in as part of the initial first few pier-to-pubs. And from there, that that embryo, it just grew and grew. And we, in it, we now have uh, 5,000 swimmers competing every year across all the age groups, from juniors all the way up to over 80s. And it, it's just an amazing spectacle. I'm also a life member of the Surf Life Saving Club and the current treasurer. So not only do I enjoy participating, but I do um, enjoy uh, reconciling the uh, peer-to-pub events because it, it, it does make a, 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 some money for the club. Yeah, it's an amazing event that uh, Lawn Surf Club puts on. Like, How many people were in it when you first started? Like what was the, the number? Oh, well, I think the first first one was like 50 people and then the next year it grew to about 200 and then uh, it grew to about 1,000 and then from there it's just gradually gone up. But they, they now limited at 5,000. So it started yeah. on a very small scale. And in the first three to four years, the the uh, getting into the water was jumping off the pier. So there, there wasn't much thought about OH&S because with <laughs> With 500 people jumping in, they, they, luckily nothing ever happened, but uh, they soon worked out that that wasn't the right way to start but well, get the people in the water, so they now uh, load them via a, uh, a boat ramp. Yes, right. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember people jumping in off the pier back in the good old days. So that's that's good that they uh, started yeah, the water now. Couple, that's good. <clears throat> yeah, yep, well, there's go. a couple of great historic... There's a couple of great historic photos with people in midair having jumped off <laughs> and swimmers in the water looking up. It, it's uh, quite classic. It, we certainly could not do it today. No, no way. Or you wouldn't be allowed these days, would you? <laughs> no, that's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was, what's been your most memorable race um, in the, at the Peter Pub? Well, I've, uh, I've uh, probably... Coming second to John Fox in 1987, the, the event had grown, grown to about three, 4,000 swimmers and uh, John Fox, who was also a Lawn Surf Life Saving Club member, also a champion water polo player. So John played at uh, five uh, Olympic Games as a water polo player in a row. But he won yeah. the event four, four or five times and the best of, 
I ever did in the open section was second to John. So that was probably uh, my, my highlight in the yes. superfish. They didn't call it superfish in back in the late 80s, but that, that's effectively what it was. Yeah. Like the last, I mean, I know Kieran Perkins has won it, Dan, Dan Kowalski, Rob Woodhouse have all won it over the years. And I know in the last few years, Mac Horton and um, Gregor Pellet. Peltamary have tried to yeah, that's convert right. from the, the pool to the ocean. What what's the secret to being successful in the, all those pool swimmers coming over to the ocean, and why can't Mac Horton do that? Do you think? Well, it's, uh, it's, it does, does come down to because swim, swimming in in its essence is still swimming, whether you're in the pool or the ocean. But ocean has extra skills you need. In a pool, you've got a black line and you've got two designated ends. In the ocean, you've got tides, you have waves, you have to stick your head up at least every 10 to 15 strokes to make sure you're not going off course. And, of course, you're not in a lane on your own. So there are swimmers who are dragging on you and uh, in, in the age groups of peer-to-pub, they start them five minutes apart. So the fast swimmers in the, um, in the, in, in the waves are passing the slow swimmers from the wave ahead and sometimes... You're passing three or four waves through the 1.2 k's, so there's a lot of interference that can happen in the ocean, as well as the ability to be able to catch a wave, and also the ability after swimming as hard as you can in a peer to pub race, you have to get up and run along the sand to the uh, finish line. So it, it, there's a whole lot of different dynamics and skill sets that a pool swimmer needs to develop to win a peer to pub, and someone like Mac Horton, who we we, we, we cherish as a, an Olympic swimmer, yeah, hasn't quite yeah. won one because Sam Shepard's beaten him and then others have come along and just, just pipped him. So, yes. yeah, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Yeah, it, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, and I suppose it depends where the tide is at the end as to how far that run is up the beach because it changes yeah, all the right. time, doesn't it? That's right. Uh, that's right. And so I think Daniel Kowalski has the fastest time on record. That might have been beaten in the last couple of years. And he did that as a junior. So he, in the year he won senior, he also won the junior and he did the fastest time in the junior and that was because it was a, a lower tide. So the tide yeah. is crucial to the overall time as well as uh, the conditions. Yes, yeah. Do you, do you train in um, the open water as well as in the pool leading up to the Peter pub or is it just purely in the pool training? No, well, I personally, uh, our family has a house down at Lawn and we go down before Christmas and we, yep. we swim to the pier and back twice a day every day until pretty much pier to pub. So if pier to oh. pub's two and a half weeks into, into the holiday, um, yeah, we've, we've done it quite a lot of times. But oh, I, 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 Sorry, I, yeah. can't, I can't emphasise that your fitness comes from the pool training Yep. So it's you got you got to be in the pool during winter and uh, spring, but uh, you do need to get in the ocean to get the feel of the how the wetsuit feels because it's a totally different feel. The wet wetsuit's more buoyant, and you tend to not use your legs as much because your legs are already automatically higher, and so it is a different uh, different stroke, so to speak. And what kind of sets do you do during sort of the winter leading up to it to help with the um, Peter Pub? Uh, we do a lot of uh, freestyle sets. I, I, I have historically done a lot of butterfly, but I'm in a mature age swim squad, so we do a lot of freestyle sets. So we'll do something like five four hundreds or ten two hundreds, 
all on a set interval. We ha- we've had a great coach, uh, Alan Bowman from Queensland, who's been with us for 10 years, and he- he's got great sprint sets. So we'll do a sprint session on Wednesday. We'll do aerobic Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then uh, Friday is heart rate, and they're all difficult in right. their own ways. But So we do um, on a heart rate set, we'll, we'll-, we'll just do 10 200s on two minutes or something like that, but going pretty close to 90% each, each, each effort. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So you're training sort of four or five times a week um, in the pool leading up to that yep. sort of uh, racing in Christmas. And do you do any um, dry land work, like any strength training as well, or just purely in the pool? Uh, no, not really. I, I, I actually do a lot of snow skiing, so I do a bit of bike riding to keep my legs fit for that. But, uh, yep. yeah, n- nothing really else. <laughs> nothing else? No no weightlifting or anything like that? No, no not, not really, no. No. Nah. <laughs> I know you started off as a pool swimmer before all the um the ocean success as as a butterflyer. Um, how did you first get into swimming when you were younger? Uh, well, the first my first effort at swimming was getting my herald for people in the in the fifty year age group. You had to get this herald, and I was at Yarram Primary School, but in uh, South East Gippsland, and I got my uh, herald uh, when I was about seven or eight. And from there, yeah. I, I just progressed. So my dad was a pharmacist. He owned a pharmacy in Yarram. And then he moved the family to Melbourne when I was about 10. And from there, right. we went into uh, Malvern Swimming Club. And I, I trained under Colin Pollard for many years. And there were great swimmers there, like the McNeil girls and Guy Farrow and um, Michael and Peter Hands and a lot of great swimmers from the Mal- Malvern history. And I stayed with uh, Colin for quite some time. Yeah, and um, you obviously reached um, state and national competitions in your sort of junior teenage years. Was that always in 100 and 200 butterfly or did you swim any other um, events or strokes? No, I really focused on uh, butterfly and I wasn't a sprinter, so I won a few Victorian junior titles in 100, but the 200 was my strength. Uh, When I was 16, I, I... I actually came third in the uh, age titles age, age titles down in Hobart. Neil Hollingsworth, a, a famous Victorian swimmer, won. And, uh, yeah, I, I came third in, in that event. And, um, yeah, so I was very proud of that event. Yeah, that's a, that's a great outcome. Did you ever go to any Open Nationals in your sort of teenage years? Yeah, so pretty much from 78 when I was in, we call it, year 10 now or year nine I went to age and open championships the open championships I made made a handful of finals each year I'm not each year but only in the 200 butterfly I just didn't have enough speed to make the 100 butterfly final I made a few what they used to call consolation finals so nine to uh, 16 swam off in the consolation final and for the 100 fly that's what I made but for the 200 fly I was in 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 the the A final, to, so to speak, each year. But the best I made, uh, best in open I achieved was only fifth. So never I saw that's any pretty medals good. there. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's an awesome effort. I mean, swimming was much quieter back then in terms of people didn't know those kind of results. If you got fifth, you know, open nationals now, you'd be, um, you know, on the Australian A team and getting a lot of support in that kind of way. When you were swimming, there wasn't that kind of thing to follow through with swimmers. Um, ah. Did you did you um, 
did you sort of stop swimming at any age before you got into masters, or did you oh, sort well, I of kept, I kept, go straight through? Yeah, sorry, yeah, you well, go. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I did have a. The Victorian team went to New Zealand. Uh, I've got it written down here. We got went back. Went to New Zealand for the New Zealand Championships, and I, I did come third in the New Zealand titles. But they had a rule in New Zealand, which is fair enough. They can't have a clean sweep of foreigners, and Justin. Lemberg and John Sieben came first and second from because the Queensland team were also there. So they got right. their medals, but I didn't get mine. But that's just uh, the way, way the cookie crumbles. Yes. And so I, I sort of finished, uh, I built, trained with Bill Atkinson for many years after Colin Pollard. I went into State Centre and we had great swimmers there like Linda Hannell and um, the Vandergrafts. And then later on, Frank Christian was there for a bit and... Um, John Fox was there, and yeah, there's some great, great swimmers. The Morody boys, Cameron Leach, Paul Sims, just the names roll off, but um, they're all great swimmers. And Echo was just a, a great squad. We used to go to Rockhampton over the August holidays, and then Townsville later on for three weeks of intensive training. We were doing like uh, seven, eight K sets in the morning and seven, eight K sessions in the afternoon. And Echo's uh, theory was they'd, they'd tire us so we wouldn't muck around at night. <laughs> we're all 15, 16, 17, 18 and uh, starting to learn about maybe more uh, social ways but Echo <laughs> just trained the hell out of us. So we, we never had much uh, energy. I don't know whether you remember but um, I, I mean, I, I'm a little bit younger than you but I lived in the country as well and I came up and trained for a summer with Echo. And I remember all you guys just, you trained so hard. And I remember you and Cam Leach doing, you know, butterfly and, and swimming. Uh, I was just amazed by it. And I thought, I've got to, you know, we've got to move to Melbourne so I get to have this kind of training as well. But I just, I remember, you know, you from back then always being a very hard trainer. You obviously are now as well. Um, did you did you have, I yeah, well, was going to ask before. Take it. Sorry, you go. Oh, sorry, yeah. I was going to say. Oh, just, I, I, I don't quite. But yeah, you go. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was. I was going to say. Did Did you end up taking some time off in between those teenage years to when you started masters? Yeah. So I, I sort of finished when I finished uni, and then I went into a big chartered accounting firm in Melbourne, and I I had sort of retired, but then I went. Yeah. I worked, I worked a couple of years and was pretty miserable. So I uh, took two years off and went skiing. So I had um, a couple of seasons at Mount Hoffman and a season in St. Anton in Austria. And after oh. a season, a year and a half of skiing, I came back and I was a bit chubby. So I thought I'd better, better <laughs> get back in, in the water. So I jumped in with uh, PowerPoints and Anita Kilmeyer when I was about 26. So I'd taken a few years off. And, yep. uh, yeah, I got got back into swimming with uh, Anita. Anita did a great job with my butterfly. She, at 27, I actually came second in the state uh, state uh, 200 metre butterfly. Little um, wow. uh, Stuart Lark won. He, he's a fair bit younger than me, but he won. I came second, and at a 20 as a 27 year old, I was I was pretty pleased with with that. So that that got me my uh, passion back for swimming. Swimming with Anita. Yeah, oh, that's good. I didn't realise that you'd done that. That's that's great. And so you've been with PowerPoints ever ever since, but obviously you live down in, in Geelong. Um, do you just race for them? Yeah, so I haven't, haven't. Yeah, well, yep. at the moment we can't, but uh, yeah, yeah, historically I've, I've, I've been to a lot of 
Masters Australian titles, swimming for PowerPoints, and um, I've also uh, done a lot of state titles with PowerPoints. But that, that's that's kind of the issue. I can't train with them because I'm in Geelong, and uh, yeah. the only pool swims I do these days are, are either state titles or national titles or sometimes relay events and stuff like that. But, yeah, at the yeah. moment we're not allowed to do any of that, so that's a bit sad. No, it is a bit sad. How have you coped with the whole COVID lockdown? Uh, well, I, I, I like to swim <clears throat> at least five times a week. So with, with the pools closed, I was in uh, Eastern Beach at Geelong in almost two and a half wetsuits that, that got so cold. <laughs> and uh, I know the Brighton Icebergers would laugh at me having two and a half wetsuits on, but it was very, very cold. Eastern Beach is a, a sea pool with a, a wooden promenade around it and well, okay. We've had some issues. One morning there was a, a, a seal in there and it's meant to be totally enclosed, oh. but somehow a seal got oh, in there. Wow. And so we, we weren't allowed to swim that morning. And, and, and another morning there was a huge stingray. I don't know how that got in there because there were metal Gosh. slots along. I don't know how, how it got in there, but it got in there. <laughs> wow. And uh, even, uh, even on Wednesday I was there and there were some schoolies in there. I don't know what they were doing at 6.30 in the morning, but they were jumping around and, so there's all sorts of obstacles swimming down at Eastern Beach. <laughs> it so sounds we're, bad. <laughs> we're back, back. We're back in at Cadinia Park now, though. So um, yeah, and uh, from tomorrow, we've we've had to do bookings every every time we go into the pool and swim for forty five minutes. And we've been told tomorrow is the first day where it's just open, so you can just go any time, not not with the booking. So that's exciting. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that is exciting because we're still on bookings in Melbourne. So hopefully that'll come finish soon. Yeah. Um, and have you got any um, any plans to compete at any world um, masters competitions, like FINA World Masters or World Masters Games, anything like that? <clears throat> yeah, well, I swam. Uh, I've swum at the World Masters Games in Sydney and. Uh, about 2008, and I really enjoyed yeah. that. So it just depends on um, where 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 they are, and um, yeah, I certainly would would envisage myself going to uh, one or two in the next uh, few years if travel opens up. But at the moment, yeah, we're sort of stuck in Victoria. Yes, yes. Well, they've they've said that they've pushed it out to 2022. So hopefully that's going to be in Japan and yeah. hopefully we'll all be able to go to that. You might be able to get some skiing yeah, well, in I'd, as well. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the time of year. But yeah, I go to Japan every February to ski. So, yeah, I, I love Japan. It's a great spot. Yeah. Um, why do you think you've been so successful in your 40s and getting into your mid-50s now? Because of your, your training or what else keeps you motivated to keep on training and racing? Uh, well, I think it's... I just love the sport and I think any success I've had, which is probably limited to compared to others, but um, it's all based on training. Probably ability-wise, there are far more talented swimmers, but uh, I've just had a, a passion to keep going and I think it's a great sport for your mental health and uh, physical health. So it's uh, one, one sport where you don't get a lot of injuries. I know a lot of people my age can't run anymore because they've done their knees and uh, swimming just seems to you just seem to be able to keep going and going. Yeah. 
I mean, ma master swimming is a, a wonderful community. And I think um, everyone that I've talked to so far for this podcast has all sort of, you know, they've all reiterated the same thing. They all love the training and the racing, but the sense of community around it. And then I suppose that sort of moves out to the ocean races as well, because you see a lot of um, people that you swam with when you were younger, a lot of people that you come into contact with master swimming. Um, do you find that kind of thing with your involvement um, in both areas, yeah, in the pool and that, in the that, ocean? That, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And um, I know yeah, that you've, got you... Lifelong fr friends from the pool and, and surf life saving. Yeah. I know that you've been um, putting back with your, well, your professional, in your professional life, you're an accountant and you've been helping out Masters Swimming Victoria and obviously the Lawn Surf Life Saving Club with... Um, are you the treasurer of both of those committees or finance yeah, that's, that, that's advisor? Right. Yeah, and how did you get involved in those? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, Well, that's the issue with being an accountant. You, Someone asks you to take it on and you think, oh, yeah, I'll do that for a couple of years. So I've been on the Surf Club Committee for 25 years and at the moment I'm desperately trying to find someone to take it on because 25 years it hasn't all been treasurer. I've been club captain right. and president as well, but um, yeah, it's a, a, having a house down at Lawn, and uh, that's where we spend most weekends. And um, I just love Lawn and the surf club. And Master Victoria, Master Swimming Victoria, just finance director there. We've got a great relationship with Master Swimming Australia, where the, they do a lot of the processing, and I'm just overseeing things from that point of view. So. But uh, we had a huge event with uh, Melbourne hosting the uh, national titles in 2016. That was putting a lot of work, work there. And um, Paul Watmau did a lot of work, amazing amount of work for a volunteer organisation. Some of the work that people put in is incredible. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful organisation and all the volunteers that we have around. I think um, I love the fact that you're putting, you know, you're putting back into those two organisations that you've had so much so much success with. Just before we wrap up for the day, can I ask you what your all-time favourite training set is? It can be from your junior years or just recently. But what is your all-time favourite set? Well, I wouldn't. My all-time favourite set is 10-200 Butterfly. I, I could not do it now, but uh, <laughs> that's what we used to do in uh, Echo's heyday and uh, we do them yeah. on... Uh, we'd either do them on 245 or 250 and we just had to repeat and repeat and uh, oh yeah, I, I couldn't even do one on that time now. But um, yeah, that, that, that's probably one of, one of the things I got the most satisfaction out of uh, finish, finishing any sort of set. Yeah. And, and what's a sort of a comparable one that you do today? To the, uh, we to do the a lot 10 of um, oh, 10, one, 10 100s. Yeah, 10-100s or 5-200s. We keep the, the sets um, pretty manageable because we've got um, a, quite a wide range of swimming abilities within the group and we usually run with three lanes at Cadinia Park and there are some fast swimmers in, in, in the fast lane, the middle, middle lane, they're pretty quick, and the, but the, the third lane, they're good swimmers, but they need a higher interval to uh, complete the job. But we like to keep together as much as we can so that, yep. that does um, keep the time intervals pretty similar. Yes. What what do you do your um your hundred free time cycle on when you're doing ten one hundreds? 
Well, it depends if it's if if it's aerobic, we're doing them on one twenties. Uh, some of the faster guys in our group could do one fifteen, or a couple could probably even do one ten. But one twenty is the normal time, and the middle lane will be doing one thirty, and the the third lane will be doing one forty. Right. Oh, that's and good. And then we aim to, yeah. aim to finish each set around the same time, so they might do one or two less, and then we yes. can start an, start another set. Yes. Well, that's fabulous. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Tim, and sharing all your insights into your swimming career. It's amazing, and I wish you every success going forward. I know we're not running a, um, a Peter Pub this year, but I'm sure you'll be down there doing the swim anyway. Um, have a wonderful Christmas and um, we'll catch you soon. Thanks very much, Danielle, and thanks for all your efforts in, in uh, doing all this. This is great and great for everyone at home to uh, have something else to um, listen to. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, thanks, Tim. Bye. Thanks, Danielle. All the best. Cheers. Okay, bye.